Hello, and welcome to A Joyful Pause Podcast. I am so excited to have one of my favorite people in the universe, Becky Margiata, as my guest today. Hi, Becky. Hey, Nicole. (laughs) Becky Margiata is the co-founder and owner of the Billions Institute and the author of the upcoming book, Impact with Integrity, Repairing the World Without Breaking Yourself. She is also the host of the Unleashing Social Change podcast. The Billions Institute has trained thousands of leaders from every corner of the globe and from every sector of social change on their unique approach to designing and leading large-scale change, which is called the model for unleashing. And the new thing is impact with integrity. So Becky, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me, Nicole. Yes. All yes. right, so let's get into <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm so excited for your new book. Thank you so much for um, giving me a preview. It is outstanding. I cannot wait for this to be in everyone's hands. To some extent, at this point, we're all social change leaders, is kind of Amen how I that. see that. that right? Everyone has uh, a world that they exist in where they can show up in ways that support equity and connection and healing and growth. So I want to start off by asking you, you wrote a book called Impact with Integrity. What's your story of creating impact with integrity? That is a great question. Um, It goes back to many years ago, I went to a three day workshop called How to Write a Kindle Book in a Weekend. And I took about 30 pages of notes and I was like, I'm going to write a book in a weekend. (laughs) I kept those notes. I've even given those notes to many people and they're very great notes. And I was like, I'm just going to do this in a weekend. And I started writing that book over the course of a weekend using that technique. And what I realized was a different book wanted to be written. So I started writing a book about this model for unleashing of how you know what is our approach to designing large-scale change and then i realized the book that wanted to be written right now was more about how do you lead that large-scale change and what's the what are the things that can either support or hinder that in being really effective from a, a personal leadership perspective and i think it took about two years it was not a weekend long book and and it was a two-year project with many many people have helped me along the way yourself included you so so i'm so glad you got to read the final thing done but you read various versions of it and gave feedback and um especially from a a racial justice a social justice lens which i'm so so grateful for it's a but it it in the end of the day i think it ended up being um much longer than i thought and much more of a group project than I had anticipated. I thought it'd be more of a solitary adventure, but I had a lot of help that I'm forever grateful for. I feel like we all midwifed this into the world together. Mm, that's wonderful. And that to me is just a testament to the type of person and leader that you are, that you do engage community in your in your big endeavors. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's where that's where the joy is for me. That's where a big part of the joy is for me and getting to do things with, with awesome people like you. Thank you. Thank you. So you've had so many experiences of creating really big impact, whether it's 
with the work that you did on the 100,000 Homes campaign or um, the Skid Row School that you created that really helps people um, run large-scale change initiatives. But kind of like, what is the nugget in your heart that was like, I have to share this learning so that other people can benefit? Mm. Mm, Thank you for that question. so that so exactly to what you're saying. So not only did I myself lead a large scale social change initiative called the Hundred Thousand Homes Campaign, but through the Billions Institute, I've had this tremendous privilege of getting to meet and train thousands of people who are also doing large scale change in in from climate change to education to healthcare to racial justice to trying to stop gun violence, everything, and. What I saw that was true for me, I've also seen true to be for many of the people I've gotten to meet through training them on large scale change, which is that you can have a great strategy. You can have all of the organizational support, all of the resources, you can have everything going for you. Um, But if you don't have yourself sorted out, that's the thing that's going to sabotage the change we want to create in the world. So I saw that with Mm -hmm. myself that I, in some ways, was as the leader specifically, I mean, leadership is an us thing too, but as the most senior leader on the 100,000 Homes campaign team, I had the potential to be the greatest liability to to the effort succeeding or failing. And when I was not my best self, when I either neglected or didn't know how or didn't do my own inner work, I was a liability. And I also see that with people that we've gotten to meet through the Billions Institute is that there's this, this people tend to want to fixate on like the more concrete, tangible things of like, let me get the right strategy. Let me do the right tactics. But really it's our, how we show up and how we almost put ourselves to work as the instrument of transformation where things either go right or go way wrong. And, and that's, I want to, I I had something to say about that, that I felt like needed to be said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, so um, just having been a faculty member for the Billions Institute with you, it's, it really is wild to see how much of an inside job that work is. Mm hmm. You would really think like, oh, and then it's this, and then it's this process, and this model, and this framework, and those things are really useful. And there's this inner alignment piece that you just see people really blossom once they turn their attention to that. Yeah. And Nicole, getting to work with you on the faculty of our fellowship is one of the greatest highlights for me professional ever is getting to do that with you and our our fellow faculty members. And we really see it over that course of those two years, don't we, of how it's funny. Everyone who comes through our fellowship is leading significant large scale change and nobody pulls us aside and says, hey, can I can I show you my driver diagram? Yeah. I mean, occasionally, well, you know, I'm like, yeah, let's go to lunch, you know, and we have a little chit chat about that. But the, I think what we're helping people do through that fellowship is something that I think the book is just like a sampler platter of, right? It's an introduction to is getting themselves fully aligned and fully available to meet life toe to toe, 
to really be all the way there and use themselves. I keep, this keeps coming up that, that we ourselves in our bodies are the instruments of transformation and we help people kind of get that instrument ready to go. Yes, yes, yes. So what's your learning edge in this space? Oh, on the impact with integrity space? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, okay. My learning edge is, um, I would call it compassion. Uh, um, mm. um, boundaries and empathy. So it, it's, um, mm. it's this, this notion of, um, I can feel compassion I can feel love for everyone and, Mm -hmm. and this sense of also at the, also fiercely guarding my, my inner circle and my own well-being, And, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that that's something where there's like a right answer. I think that's Mm -hmm. a, um, a judgment call. But where I want to err, and this is like where my learning edge is, where I want to err is on availability and connection. Mm. Um, Because I think that that aligns with a spiritual truth. And um, sometimes that's hard. Yeah. That spiritual truth that you're talking about, um, how do you you know, I know you to be a deeply spiritual person. It may not be like one specific, um, like a label that you can put on it. And my experience of you is that is woven into everything that you do. And one phrase that I really deeply associate with your essence is that weaving the web of life. Mm -hmm. So what might you share um, with our listeners on that as a spiritual aspect of of leading impact with integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's where the greatest paradoxes are, right? Is that, mm-hmm. I guess you're right. My spiritual path has been very eclectic and, and some of this and some of that. And a lot of, quite honestly, just feels like sort of adrift because untethered by a specific tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel very spiritual. And um, on my best days have a felt sense of interbeing right Mm. then of Mm -hmm. of not of this sort of separate self um but of our interdependence and our interconnectedness and not just with people but with everything right and um all of it and the the two take responsibility for what matters to you, which is how, what the definition of leadership that I'm most resonating with. So to take responsibility mm-hmm. for what matters to me, knowing that we're all sort of inextricably tied together. We're all in this together, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. um, and also to hold that sense of wholeness, um, to really not let go, to, to always come back to our own wholeness and to one another's wholeness, even when people are acting a fool. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. is, it is because we all do it. We all show show our ass, you know, sometimes. And 
I think is that is the challenge. And so in the book, An Impact with Integrity, I try to give people almost like a a template or a formula for like, okay, this is how you can hold your wholeness even when even when things get real and even when it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable and even when it hurts. Uh, because I think that is the work of weaving together the web of life together again is to turn toward, you mm-hmm. know, to, con- to continue to turn toward um um ourselves and 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 others the the turning toward that's the that's it it's the turning toward uh of one another and the whole of the web of life that um and it's not like i have the answers i feel like it's just the questions mm-hmm. yes like rilke style living the questions yeah, yeah i mean listen i do not have this down <laughs> <laughs> But it is what I strive for. And I think that I think you and I have so much in common in striving. You you would probably use entirely different words for it. But I, I am profoundly moved by your ability to turn toward. I've seen that in action many times. Um, and um, and um, it's something that I aspire to in myself. Thank you. Yeah, I do think that is the skill for... Um for repairing whatever needs to be repaired, for strengthening what already exists, for creating whatever is needed for what we're emerging into or evolving into, that turning toward, presencing, whatever word you want to use, it's just really that ability to be with. ability to be with and as it is you know i think my leadership edge is um part of it is just allowing for having just as much like having respect for all of the roles that are needed for our collective evolution and liberation i think There have been times when I'm like, oh man, well, you know, some people are really good at pointing out what's wrong. Maybe I Mm. should be more like that. Or some people Mm. are really good at, and like kind of looking at the different ways that people show up to help us all evolve and not really claiming that my ray of that is really about supporting healing and wholeness and turning toward beauty and joy just as much as we turn toward the parts that need to be seen and named in order to change them. And I think for a long time, I just didn't really kind of claim that or see that as valuable. And over the last few months, really just like, wow, we need every, everyone has a role to play. Whether we need the people who are like, this is the literal worst, burn it down. And we need uh-huh. the people who are are dreaming up what's next. And we need the people who are like, okay, the world is a dumpster fire, but look at this flower. That's here too, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Uh (laughs) I love that you're claiming that because I could not agree more that it's, you know, each of us have whatever we're here, like that our gifts and and, uh, however people can leverage those to what matters to them, that that's, that's winning, right? That's, I hope that's what we're all up to on our best days. Mm-hmm. So that's a question like, you know, looking at right now, we're recording this at the end of March. There's 
wars, you know, war in Ukraine mm-hmm. is top of mind for a lot of people, but there are yes. other conflicts all over the globe where there there's oppression happening as well. And, um, and there's things happening right here in the U.S. that really need some tending to. So when you think about your book, Impact with Integrity, why is this the skill for the time that we're finding ourselves in? Mm. I mean, I hope it's just one of many skills. I think also there's <laughs> the joyful pause is one of the skills. I hope it's just on the skill. I hope it gets in the toolbox among many other skills. But the I think at the core of what I'm hoping people can grok if they read the book is a sense of agency right? Like a return to agency, a return to what do I care Mm -hmm. about? What am I going to do? And um, that that what am I going to do is coming from as much as possible someone's wholeness. And so so then if I answer your question of like, why now? Why does the world need that? It's sort of what you were talking about at the beginning of the show of like, everybody's a social change agent. Or if you're not, please come join this. Uh, Take whatever it is you care about and take take some responsibility for it. And that's sort of the the paradox too is this is what we work with people all the time at the Billions Institute is to take some responsibility for something that you actually can't control that outcome. And mm-hmm. that leap of faith that like, oh, I'm actually I actually can't control whether or not this happens, but I'm going to do my part and I'm all in. I'm fully committed and I'm all in to do my part whatever that is that um as you said, in this time where, you know, which when has there not been a time when there's tremendous suffering and, and, and inequity and, and oppression happening, um, that, that scoop inside of like, I could do something. Um, I think, uh, I hope that, that there's already so many of us that are, that are turned on to that. Uh, but if this inspires a few more other people to actually take action and get involved and get connected with what they care about that I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, um, I like what you said about, um, agency there, like that feels like, I want to unpack that a little bit more partially because, okay. So yesterday I was yeah. like, you know, on the internet uh, and <laughs> I was just reading something where someone was commenting. I didn't want to get specific, but a thing happened that was public and people were like, Oh, how can we normalize? You know, this is normalized now. What are people going to do? And I kind of just had this question of like, huh, like just because something happens publicly, do we lose our agency in choosing how we want to respond? Or do we just now see something on the internet and our whole life is shattered? Like I, I, there seems to be this like, um, kind of like something happens and then there's a reaction rather than something happens and yes, you will respond. And there is a moment where you can be choiceful about how you respond. Mm-hmm. 
that it's not just like you see something and then this other thing happens. It's like (laughs) you see something and then you get to choose um, how you want to engage with that or not. So I'm just, this whole idea of agency is just really powerful to me because that to me is, that's very healing to know that you can choose rather than something happens and it's just like a knee-jerk reaction. So I'm just Mm -hmm. interested in hearing a little bit more about agency, but not agency from a place of, well, I choose and I don't consider anyone else, but this place Mm -hmm. of agency within that web of life, the Mm -hmm. both and of I get to choose and this is happening from a place of interconnectedness. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? No. Yeah. So, it, so I love that. And when, when I think, well, I'll say this. I mean, we, we, we've been friends, we go back and my, my deepest uh, emotional psychic yuck place, my least most unjoyful pause <laughs> like like the anti-joyful <laughs> pause for for me personally i um is when i feel or when i'm experiencing myself in the victim persona in my victim persona when i'm feeling like i'm at the effect of what's going on around me and that i don't like i can't do anything and i'm stuck and it's always going to be this way and uh you know like so yeah. i when, and when we first learned about personas, um, I learned about them from Katie Hendricks, um, but it's from Stephen Cartman's work in uh, back in the '60s, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I learned about it from her, and and there's the hero and the villain and the victim, and I was like, oh, totally in touch with my hero, totally in touch with my v- villain. But I was convinced I didn't have a victim persona. I was like, that's for other people. Uh, (laughs) And uh, but really, now that I understand all that better and I've done some more of that inner work, that my victim personas, when I go into them, um, it's incredibly painful for me Um, versus hero and villain. It's just kind of like, oh, that was kind of fun, actually. Sometimes, you know, you get that adrenaline hit and you're like, give me more adrenaline, you know, uh, of course that's not a sustainable source of fuel, but the victim for me is just like, Oh God. And so I think just, if you take that micro, the, how the victim is so painful for me, um, Mm -hmm. in a persona paradigm, but then think of that on the macro of, of us being at the effect of something that's going on in the society or in the world that mm-hmm. that's also very painful of gosh, this, this, the, I don't like what I look out and I see things and I don't like what I see, you know, cause I'm like in this moment, not looking at that beautiful flower mm-hmm. that like for me, the yuckiest thing is like, Oh, well, you know, I guess it's always going to be that way. Or like, Oh, well, like I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. That is like nails on a chalkboard to me. You know, it's not, it's just so painful for me that, um, I don't think in some ways the whole book is like, you know, you can do something. Yeah. Yeah. Not to get frozen either in you're completely at the effect of it or blame the blame game of it or thinking you're the only one who can, who can solve it. Finding that place where your 
ray of action is aligned with your values and is something that you can choose to do. 100%. Absolutely. And, um, and, and without some contemplation, without some inner, inner reflection, without having some of these tools, it's just kind of all too likely that we're going to proceed from the hero or the villain or the victim in, in trying to make things happen, which either just isn't going to be effective or it's going to end probably it will uh, start to uh, be harmful experienced as harming ourselves, harmful to in our bodies. We're, we're really wearing ourselves out, burning ourselves out. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about, um, this idea of integrity first I don't even think we defined that and I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. from you how you define that Mm -hmm. I want to hear how you define that too okay I'll go first um (laughs) from so I think how I how I grew up integrity had a a lot of connotations of sort of of a moral connotation of like Mm -hmm. rightness or wrongness um for me, I think of it as, I think the closest word for me, I, I, wholeness is there, but I actually think alignment for me feels more about the connotations I'm looking for, where, where I'm all, every fiber of my being is aligned with what I'm wanting to take responsibility with, with, with responsibility for what matters to me. So there's nothing out of alignment whether it's my my behaviors, my choices, my my approach to things, um, my inner my inner monologue, like I'm just all aligned and all in. And when I when I am in integrity, I feel like I'm toe to toe with life. I'm fully available for for mutual connection, um, and uh, and for joy even, right? Um, but that that's how I would define it is 100% aligned inside outside everything. Mm-hmm. But how would you define it? I mean, did I get that wrong? Did I do <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I love that. I, I, and I appreciate, um, alignment. You said like at the end, you said inside outside and just like, yeah, that there, it made me think also just of the body awareness or the body sensations or the body, the physical inner sensation of alignment. You know, mm-hmm. that it's not just like having this checklist in your head either, Mm-mm. but really bringing your whole being into, um, into that, into that inquiry. Yeah. Yeah. When I have, when I'm, I feel like when I'm firing on all cylinders and fully aligned, um, there's very little inner monologue. Like I'm not having a little conversation yeah. with myself concurrently, which maybe that's yeah. just me that does that, but I'm just all in and all there and, and, and I just blurt stuff and it's, I'm like, yes, that's actually aligned with what's true for me and with what I hope will, will help us, um, weave together the web of life. Right. That's so, um, and it's just, there's an ease, there's an ease in that, in those spaces. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we need more of that. Yeah, I do too. 
Um, you know, when I think of integrity, I do like that definition, state of being whole and undivided. I like mm -hmm. that. Um, mm -hmm. When I think about a recent experience, I was at my spiritual home, Himalayan Institute, and I was watching this, I was watching this kind of rushing stream and noticing there were some pretty big rocks in the center of it. And it's kind of the waters going sometimes over the rocks, sometimes around them. And I was watching that. I don't know if I was in a question of what is wholeness or what is integrity, but I was watching that and I was like, oh, you know, like this, this flowing stream is whole and it's in its integrity. And you don't really look at the space between these two rocks where it's a little choppy and say that the stream is broken. You would never do that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like, I think that there's been times in my life, at least where I've done that to myself, like I've zeroed in on something and not seen the whole. So to me, integrity is like being able to hold the whole. And sometimes there's pieces of it that, or elements of it that maybe do need to change or are a little choppy. And being able to hold it all allows you to make those repairs. Yeah. I love that. And, and Nicole, just even in the metaphor you used, I was like, oh, is she going to be talking about like the rock has integrity or whatever? Be like, no, the whole thing, the rock, yeah. the water, <laughs> the chop, yeah. the not chop, the minnows, whatever was in there, the bed. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, there's, how could, it wouldn't be a stream without any of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. So that brings me into, I think you did mention joy. And that is mm -hmm. a question I have of like, how does joy play a role in integrity with impact? Or yeah, impact with yeah. integrity. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, first of all, I think like a, a baseline criteria for any potential creative endeavor uh and any potential uh partner like you or or mike or susan or you know christine leslie is there um must be belly laughs <laughs> <laughs> yes like that, that is a sin qua non you know criteria like we must have belly laughs and 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 if that's not happening um hey what's going on right because i think that that um i don't know how i roll my is like i at least a belly laugh a day there's got you know like that's mm -hmm. just like there's something it is by the way even the things that like really make me laugh is they're not always even technically that funny it's just an availability <laughs> for the humor and things um yeah. it's not like some very sophisticated com comedian yeah it's just life and i that life brings me belly laughs and and i want to collaborate with others for whom that's also the case so and i think it's just being able to be available i think um uh you know julie Caldwell, a, a mutual friend of ours you know she has that um uh that power map where she kind of adapted from david hawkins have you seen that that like the above no. the line below the line and the different energetic levels Oh, no, I'll have to check that out. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and, um, so basically it's from, from, she adapted it from David Hawkins and, and at the very, very bottom, she's got, um, shame and then guilt and then different forms of despair. As you go up the, your body actually is, it has more energy. So shame is the lowest energetic in our bodies. Like it's really close to death. And it's just like, I am, it's fundamentally bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, I am fundamentally bad. Guilt is like, I did something bad. Then you go up, right? Despair is like, not only did I experience a loss, but it's never coming back, you know? And you keep going up and then sadness is better than despair because you're like, now I'm just sad, but maybe it'll get better, you know? And like, mm-hmm. and as you go up in the energies, then there's this kind of dividing line. So pride is the first energy, the lower below this dividing line and pride is is anything julie would do is better than me but like basically thinking you're better than someone else in any way it's the tripwire mm-hmm. now we're below mm-hmm. the line then above the line is neutrality acceptance appreciation love mm-hmm. i think it goes joy is the next one like joy is like the fourth mm-hmm. or fifth highest vibration above neutral and then you get to peace and contentment love and, um, I, that, that, that spectrum has really stayed with me. And wh- what I want to be doing is cultivating joy and appreciation and contentment in my life. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that if I'm not in my integrity. Like if I'm out of alignment, if I'm, if I'm out of, in some way, if I'm not in my integrity, I don't even think I have access to joy. Like I might have access to like a snarky joke, yeah. but that's not joy. And right. so I think it's a, like a requirement for joy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for that. That the kind of like, there's a difference between joyfulness and what passes for it sometimes, which can be this like sarcastic humor yeah. um, that, that, that energetically there's a big, um, there's a big difference there. Hmm. It's a huge difference. And, and I think another way it connects to joy for me is, um, I, I am just through my own, my own experiences in my own life. Um, when I, when I'm connecting with someone and they say something that's true for them, mm-hmm. I experience it like a tuning fork of joy in my body. My body is like, zing, that's the Mm -hmm. thing. That's it. You just said it, go back. And they're like, oh, you're right. I do want to quit my job, which is like the modal outcome of my coaching with people. (laughs) (laughs) But there's for like when, when somebody stumbles upon and I get to be present with them and somebody stumbles upon something that's true for them. And I get to be a witness to that. And also shine a spotlight on that. And, you know, sometimes I'm wrong. They're like, no, no, that's not it. I'm like, okay, but you know, but I, I think that that my, my authenticity meter is pretty high when someone says something that's true. And I get such a spark of joy when people know their own truth. They don't even have to say it to anybody else. It's just that they know this is true for me. I, my body feels that and I feel joyful right away. It's instantaneous. Yes. yes. Like a physical response to that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I had a client the other day, we got to the end of the session and she's like, 
I feel like I remembered who I am. And I was like, yes, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) That was so cool, you know, like that's exactly, I felt that in every fiber of my being that that was true for her. And I was just so happy that she gave herself that experience, you know? Um, So there's- That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, so you're here to that. So I'm sure we have piqued some people's interest about um, this amazing path of creating um, impact with integrity. And I wonder like for people who are listening, what, what is one step they can take to, to get on this path? Yeah, I think, I think the first thing is looking, turning within. I mean, we talked about turning toward and turning towards others, but Mm -hmm. in the turning toward, we get bombarded with so many things every day of like Mm -hmm. this, so much unfairness, so much oppression, so much um, suffering. And I think that that can actually be really overwhelming to our hearts in some ways. And Mm -hmm. Um, but if I could say where to start, it would be tuning that out, that I tune it out for 24 hours, 36 hours to turn off the news, turn off the TV, get curious inside about what do you really care about? You know, what really matters, what really matters? And then go from there. I mean, then buy the book, <laughs> but get, you know, get really curious of, what do I actually care about? Because we only have so much time and energy for these things. And what, what really matters the most? And I think from there, then, then, then now we, now we got something we can work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That inner, um, you know, from a, from the perspective of, you know, yoga and Ayurveda and all these other interests that I have, any external change starts with an internal change that that svadhyaya self-study turning in to see and understand who you are what you're about what your gifts are that you're here to shine in this body at this time getting curious about that and that coming from an inner ushering forth rather than some out outside message you know that 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 is is the beginning that the inner work that inner journey and maxine just barked she agrees um maxine (laughs) say the truth maxine (laughs) that that's an inside job that then moves outside and happens in your family and in your community and in your world yeah yeah, yeah. I think um, I love that there's other traditions that, <laughs> that I don't know. But yeah, it's what do you because otherwise you just kind of it's like whack-a-mole, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, I will give $50 to your AIDS ride. And yes, I will, you know, send this these crochet things for people in the Ukraine and you know what I mean? And you're just kind of, now that those aren't all wonderful things and maybe your gift is to do the whack-a-mole, but there's Mm -hmm. something also about gathering all your energy and support of something in a sustained way in relationship over time. 
that mm-hmm. um, I personally have found really brings a richness and a, a meaningfulness and a joy to life um, that uh, that um, yeah that I would I would encourage people to find what's those one or two things. Definitely. And so that brings me to, and I just started asking this question more because I, to me, it's kind of like inherent in the conversation, but sometimes it does help to kind of park on it for a second. So mm-hmm. whenever there's an idea of change, it can sometimes be useful to pause and ask, like, what's the cost of not changing? So what's the cost of trying to have an impact without also attending to your integrity? Oh God, it's just a hot mess. You (laughs) prepared with, without doing this inner work. And, uh, then I think two things, one is just it's Sisyphean journey at best where you're just moving the boulder uphill and then it's going to just roll back on top of you. So we don't get the lasting systems change that, Mm -hmm. that relationships over time can only relationship over time can make that happen. So you have to be available for those relationships over time to, to mm-hmm. have these more structural changes versus putting band-aids on things. So um, I think the work will not be as effective um, if we're just kind of muscling through it. But also I think there's a tremendous human toll on people who are drawn to, broadly speaking, the work of making the world a better place in some way or another, where uh, when we do that work out of alignment, out of integrity, um, that's where the burnout comes from. And, and, and the stats are just heartbreaking and overwhelming that like, just there was a study that came out recently that in the nonprofit sector specifically, which is, I think almost everybody drawn to the nonprofit sector is we could say they wake up every day and their intention is to make the world a better place. Somehow, um, 42% of them in a survey, uh, considered that their, their job was a detriment to their mental health. Mm. And, uh, and I think that's from not having a critical mass of people who are able to show to get into their integrity and get into their wholeness. We're just burning ourselves out in a horrible way. And we need, this is a time where with what's going on in the world, this isn't all hands on deck. This is, we need everyone, mm-hmm. but not just part of them. We need, we need people fully aligned. I believe we need fully people fully aligned to, to kind of midwife humanity to its next phase of evolution. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that brings me to my final question, which I love to ask all of my guests, which is, I would love to hear your vision for our collective liberation. Mm. Nicole, I got like, I, I, I'm already judging myself as like, how could I possibly even have a vision, but I'll, I'll share what it is and just asterisk. Mm-hmm. It probably sucks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, what comes to mind for me is, is it literally in, in terms of a vision is, have, have you seen that the, these are they're about 10 years old, the divergent movies where yeah. it's like a dystopian future. <laughs> yes. Amity. Ooh. So well, tell the people who don't know what that is. Yeah. 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 So basically (laughs) everyone just kind of gets assigned to a tribe, you know, in in puberty. And then that's it. That's that they got to do the rest of their lives. And, um, and one of the sort of things that you could get assigned to, because it's, you know, resonates with who you are, it's called Amity. And 
it's not a big part in the overall plot and there's that's this isn't a spoiler alert but basically any time something in the plot would be happening and they were in the amity space it's there they they grow the food they mm-hmm. share the food there's a a sense in the movie a felt sense for me of spaciousness and mm-hmm. time for sharing they just share we we grow mm-hmm. the food and we share it and that's what we do we live in harmony with with the the growing and and um and and i i so that to me would be what it would feel like that there's enough mm-hmm. and we share yeah. and, and and not just food but um, we share our our cultures. Versus, I think I think sharing across cultures is one of the most joyful things too. There's just far too much taking across cultures. But if we can get to where we're really sharing, I think that's just so great. Music, dancing, food, anything. Um, and and the and this is sort of a, a complimentary thought to um, my Amity vision, which is. Um, from Brown's human universal. He was this anthropologist that went and like anthropologist what what they do and observed many, 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 many cultures and said like, Oh, no matter what culture, everybody can count to at least four or whatever. You know, that he had these, like everybody has some word for mom, like just kind of the things that every culture has. And I don't think every culture has this, but most cultures have a sense of in group and out group. Like, mm-hmm. These are the good guys. Those are the bad guys. And there's there's a mental model for in-group and out-group. And I think my vision for collective liberation would be that we can evolve to a point where there's no out-group. Mm. There's just no out-group. There's us. And that I would say interspecies too, not just people, but all species. And we share and make music and dance and have a good time i love that that when you especially um when you said there's no out group i felt my shoulders relax even more yeah wow yeah there's no there's no out group uh which there's we got some work to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> like we've got to stop the the extraction and unfairness and all that but it's like it's kind of like i think you know what do we pay attention to there's some of us who our role is going to be to like put a great big wrench in that machine of mm-hmm. of the extraction and the oppression and the racism and the sexism and all that and then there's going to be some of us who are like hey come on over. We just have some fresh squash out of our garden <laughs> mm-hmm. and we want to share with everyone. Right. And I, my guess is it takes a both, a both to do those things. And, um, yeah. but, but, and I feel like with you and with others, we, I feel like I have experiences of that where we are fully present enjoy in nature with each other and, and sharing sharing our hearts, sharing our food, sharing a meal, whatever that may be. Um, that's the good stuff. Yes. 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 Well, thank you so much for sharing that vision. Um, just kind of pausing to breathe that in and to set a wish for that to become a future. Mm. I and love if, that. Yes. And if um, folks want to find Becky, you can find her on billionsinstitute.com. 
And right on that front page, you can pre-order Impact with Integrity. But Becky, let us know, um, when is your book coming out? Yeah, it's coming out May 10th. And, and if it's appropriate, I would be very happy to give you a link where your listeners could download the first chapter for free and take it for a test ride. See if it's their thing. Yes, yes, love that. I will put that in the post about our recording. Perfect. Yeah, I'll give you the link. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. And just thank you for showing up as you do with your whole self and your whole being. And um, listeners, like I said, you can find Becky on billionsinstitute.com and learn and play. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Nicole.